I'm Jennifer Napier Pierce with the Salt Lake Tribune. Imagine buying one ski pass and having access to seven Utah ski resorts. That's the dream that resort managers rolled out yesterday during a news conference, but the concept of connecting separate ski areas through a series of lifts and trams has been floated around for decades and has been a tough sell for environmentalists. Today on Trip Talk, we're talking about the One Wasatch proposal with Nathan Rafferty. He's president of Ski Utah. He joins us from his office in Salt Lake. Nathan, so much, uh, so great to have you. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks. Happy to be here. Also with us, Carl Fisher. He's executive director of the advocacy group Save Our Canyons. He's in the newsroom with us. And Carl, welcome back. Hi. Thanks for having me. And you can join us as well. What do you think about One Wasatch? Do you want access to seven resorts in one shot, or do you have some concerns? You can send your thoughts and, and questions to the hashtag TribTalk on Twitter and Google+. You can put them in the comments section here at sltrib.com, or you can text us, and that number is 801-609-8059. Uh, Nathan, give us the basic concept. What is One Wasatch? So One Wasatch is a concept, uh, like you mentioned, of uh, connecting the different ski areas, uh, seven ski areas in the central Wasatch. Uh, it would end up meaning about 18,000 total acres of skiable terrain, uh, 750 named runs, 100 lifts, and, and you could do it all on one pass. Why? Who, who benefits here? Uh, we think it would be a great uh, addition to what we think is already a fantastic ski experience in, in the Wasatch, and, and uh, it would be very similar to an experience that you might see in Europe, and, and uh, it's been a proven concept there that works well, and um, you know, I think uh, people would find it to be pretty fun. This is a concept that we've heard before, uh, most recently, I guess, with Ski Link, which is, was supposed to link uh, the uh, Park City, the Canyons Resort in Park City with Solitude in Big Cottonwood. Uh, that sort of fizzled. How is this different? Well, this is uh, different in a bunch of different ways. Uh, uh, one of them is it has the support of all seven ski areas. So Ski Link was a concept or, or a plan uh, between Solitude and Canyons Resort, but this is a a concept between all seven ski areas. It's also different because it uh, it involves um, uh, private land instead of public land. Um, and why now? Why do you think the time is ripe for this kind of an idea? Well, I think there's been a lot of momentum. You know, Ski Link certainly started the conversation, and and it had people thinking. Uh, you know, but they've been thinking about it for a long time. But um, it got the momentum rolling, and then there are programs like. Mountain Accord and the Wasatch Canyons tomorrow. So for the, over the last five years, I'd say there's been a lot of talk about uh, connections and opportunities, and uh, you know the the upsides and and the downsides of a concept like this. So um, ski resort managers finally got together and said, "Hey, you know this is something that's been important for us for a long time. Let's all get on the same page and, and make it happen." And I got to tell you, it's not easy to get uh, all seven of these guys together guys and gal, uh, Jenny Smith up at Park City Mountain Resort, and, uh, and uh, even get them together in the same room. So uh, they're busy folks, but they have a common vision, and I, I think they're, they're really excited and very motivated uh, for a program like this. Mm. Carl, we've heard similar ideas in the past. Um, you've not been generally favorable to any of them, but what right. do you think of this idea, One Wasatch? Um, I mean, it's it's just the the next iteration of um, an old concept, an old concept that has never really 
been able to garner much support um, because, I mean, we've, we've found over the years, simply put, people don't want it. Um, the Wasatch Mountains are a unique um, resource. People love them. It's about more than just skiing. Um, you know, we've it, it's it's a concept that people just have never warmed up to, and I don't think that they're going to really warm up to this. They don't like the infrastructure. They don't want to see ski resort expansion. Um, connections and these resorts are already in very close proximity to one another. Um, you can ski between the resorts today. Really, the the biggest hurdle is some sort of a, a cost-sharing mechanism for people to actually have one pass to ski seven areas, um, but you don't need the infrastructure to do that. You can do it today with a, a pair of skis and, and maybe a pair of skins. Uh, this idea does succeed in Europe. Why wouldn't it succeed here? Why don't you think people want it? Um, well, we're not Europe, I guess, for one. I think there's something that's unique about the Wasatch. Um, we have more infrastructure um, in a fraction of the size of an area like like Chamonix or Zermatt, um, but, but twice as many lifts in a smaller area. So we already have crossed th the threshold of being um, a European-style support just because of the amount of infrastructure that we have here in these in these canyons already. Mm -hmm. And at some point, we just have to draw a firm line in the sand and say enough is enough. We are speaking with Carl Fisher. He is the executive director of Save Our Canyons. Also with us, Nathan Rafferty, president of Ski Utah. We're talking about the concept of linking seven major Utah resorts through a network of uh, ski lifts and trams. The the proposal is called One Wasatch, and we're, uh, we'd love to get your thoughts on this. Would, is this something that, as a skier, you would like to see in this area? If not, why not? Um, you can send your thoughts to the hashtag TribTalk on Twitter and Google+. You can put them in the comment section right here at sltrib.com, or get, give us a text. Uh, the number there is 801-609-8059. Uh, Nathan, can you give us more detail, some flesh on the bones of this concept. You're calling it a concept, um, but do you have specific alignments in line? Where would these ski lifts go? Uh, you know, it, it's a concept for a reason. We're still uh, discussing ideas about where uh, they might be able to go, but the, the best thing I could tell you would be that we need to make connections between Little Cottonwood Canyon and Big Cottonwood Canyon and then from big to the Park City side, and, and those resorts are almost adjacent to each other, so it makes it pretty easy over there. But it's amazing how close they are, and I, and I know people are uh, familiar with their, their own home ski area, whether it's Alter, Snowbird, or Deer Valley, or whatever. Um, but if you look a little further, uh, and it's not that far, just around the corner, and sometimes just over a ridge is uh, the next ski area, and it's, uh, it's amazing when you do the, say, the interconnect tour, like our company provides, where you go from Deer Valley over to Snowbird, and you ski through the backcountry. People are just absolutely amazed how close they are, and it's a, um, it's a pretty quick connection. So uh, when you say that they're pretty close, so the, the proximity is not going to be an issue, do you know vaguely how much ground you're, we're talking about here? Yeah, vaguely it's about 300 acres per connection. Uh, so um, 
you know, a, a round total would be a thousand. But again, it's a concept, and and uh, part of launching a concept is doing exactly what we're doing today, which is uh, getting feedback and listening to the to the pros and cons. And and yesterday when we held our press conference, we had seven resort managers there that their uh, total tenure in the ski industry was over or not quite 300 years. I think they do a really good job of understanding their guests and what um, what skiers want and need and uh, you know the idea of why this would be uh, a, a good thing or what why skiers might want this from a resort perspective is is kind of a stunner to me because it uh, you know when I talk to skiers um, and we've had a ton of feedback that this would be a fantastic idea and really it's it's not just adding more terrain it's adding a totally new experience that I, I, I can understand why people wonder why why it would be better if they're just thinking about it in terms of uh, adding more terrain, but when you think of the totally unique experience and, and really having a lift ticket in your pocket and erasing all the lines between the borders of the skiers that you can think of and just skiing in between those skiers, it, 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 I, I think it comes up with a pretty compelling product that I think a lot of people would have fun with. Hmm. Carl, I mean, tell us a little bit about that um, ex a new experience concept. If it only takes a thousand acres, um, what's the harm? Um, I mean, again, there there is a lot of infrastructure in these mountains already, and and part of the experience in the Wasatch is that unique balance that we have today, of um, you know ski areas juxtaposed right next to um, and, and separated by amazing backcountry terrain. Um, and and that is part of the experience, and and we feel like this proposal, to some regard, is taking the golden goose that is the Wasatch and sending it out to slaughter. Um, and and it's not something. It, it I think it has potential to to ruin uh, what we have here in the ski industry. And you know, it's upsetting a lot of the local skiers that that support a lot of these resorts and the experiences that, that people have uh, sought to find here over the, the course of the past four decades. Mm. And I think moreover, you know, we we agreed and have worked as Save Our Canyons as an organization that's been around for over 40 years. Mm -hmm. And we worked to establish the existing configurations of, of these resorts. And those were agreements that were made and we feel that they need to be respected. Mm. There's a, there is a an overall planning process in place right now called the Mountain Accord. How how does this fit into that and and the 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 plans that are already underway for transportation for development and growth in the canyons to 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 maintain um, the natural beauty that we all love? Um, how does this one Wasatch fit into that, Carl? I I mean. I don't. I guess it will be evaluated in that in that process, and I and I hope that really is the only place where this concept is evaluated. We don't need another uh, process um, to have a series of processes. The whole goal of the Mountain Accord was to really get everything um, all in one. <laughs> um, but the uh, sorry. Um, Sorry, we're having some technical issues. We're trying to patch in uh, Tribune reporter Mike Gurrell. Uh Mike, are you there? Can you hear us now? I can. Okay, terrific. Uh, we were just talking about the, the Mountain Accord and, and how 
that's sort of the big planning process. Can you get us up to speed? What are the details? Who's involved? And what questions is that planning process uh, trying to address in the canyons? Uh, the Mountain Accord involves like just about every big player around in the state of Utah. You've got uh, UTA, UDOT, the counties, uh, cities, Carl Fisher's involved through Save Our Canyons, Nathan Rafferty with Ski Utah, all kinds of different agencies that are, anybody who has an interest in the Wasatch Mountains is basically involved. And it's got a two-step process that's going on right now, and they're trying to take basically a look at what should be done in a broad area that starts at the airport and swings out and goes down to encompass uh, Little Cottonwood Canyon and to go up to Park City and everything in between and to see how do, how do we deal with everything within that, that area in terms of transportation, uh, recreation, protecting the environment and developing the economy. Hmm. And so for about the next year or so they're going to, what they're going to try to do is to, to put some flesh onto those four different areas and then once they get it some ideas about where they want to go in those directions, then they will try to launch an environmental impact statement to take a really full-blown look at it. I mean, so, Nathan, does that explain the timing of your announcement that you needed to get this concept out there because this process is underway? Yeah, not, you know, not really. Um, it was mostly coincidental, uh, but we've been involved with the Mountain Accord uh, process from the very beginning. We expect to be continue to be very involved in the Mountain Accord process, and and we hope that rolling out this concept uh, creates some great discussion in that uh, in that group, and and really uh, sharpens the focus and lets people understand from the resort side of things what our vision is. Um, I can't imagine the timing being uh, any better. Really, we're uh, you know gathering information at this point and and really talking about um, what the different user groups, what their visions are, and and, the, and this is one vision. Again, it's a concept. Speaking with Nathan Rafferty from Ski Utah, also with us Carl Fisher from Save Our Canyons and Mike Orell from the Salt Lake Tribune, and we invite you to join us as well with your thoughts. Uh, you can send your thoughts to the hashtag TribTalk on Twitter and Google+. Put them in the comment section at sltrib.com, or you can text us, and the number is 801-609-8059. Uh, let's get to some of these comments. Um, Skier Jim Seven, how much is this boondoggle expected to cost? Who gets rich, and how much is going is this going to raise the cost of a lift <coughs> ticket? Uh, Nathan, I guess put another way, give us a cost estimate, and who's going to pay that? Yeah, and it's it's hard to say. You know, the initial estimate, and it's a it's a total ballpark estimate. What it would be about thirty million dollars to do all the work to connect to the three different ski areas. Again, there's no development involved other than the ski lifts and, and the runs themselves. Um, so uh, not, not a big cost uh, on the grand scheme of things, uh, a big one for each ski area, but uh, again, it's uh, private money. And then, and then talk about a lift ticket pricing is tough, um, but it, you know, one thing I, don't, I know for sure is that it doesn't work if it's not available to uh, the vast majority of people who ski, so I can't imagine that it would cost much more than what a daily lift ticket to, uh, costs today. One fun thing uh, or interesting thing about it, I think, is that the, the technology has improved to the point today where um, you know traditional lift tickets uh, might go uh, go away altogether. Uh, I think you'd be able to still buy if you just want to ski it out there or just want to ski it snowboard. You could buy that option, but uh, with the technology today, you might get to say, "Hey, I want to buy." 500 lift rides for the season, or 100, or or 50, 
and you put that card in your pocket and away you go and it doesn't matter where you use it, whether you use two lifts at Deer Valley one day, 20 at the Canyons, uh, 15 days at Snowbird, uh, you name it, you can mix and match. So it offers some pretty unique options. But you don't think that consumers are going to be paying for this, um, that lift tickets are going to get a big bump? No, I mean, take a look at this season. Uh, our, our lift ticket prices for season passes have gone down or added value, especially with the addition of the Epic Pass. And you buy a uh, lift ticket at Snowbird today, and now you've got three passes at Alta, three at Deer Valley, three at Park City Mountain Resort. So, um, you know, those options, uh, I, I think, as you see increased competition, you're going to see increased competition in the pricing of the of the ski passes, too. Mm. Uh, this comment from Stevo, 123321. The, the single most important fact is we must protect the watershed. And uh, Carl, I, I imagine that would echo sentiments that you have, some concerns on how the watershed would be protected under uh, this concept. Um, yeah, I mean, we really haven't, without any details um, on where things are going and where the alignments are going to be, it's hard to say, you know, what exactly the impact on the watershed is going to be. Um, that said, um, anytime you add new lifts, new runs, do grading, it is going to have a, uh, an impact on our watershed period. Anything that alters the natural landscape is going to have an impact on the watershed and our water quality. And again, at what point do you just say enough is enough? Um, you know, they, we can mitigate this place, but do we want to have a protected watershed or do we want to have a, a mitigated, a series of, of mitigated in this uh, watershed, this death by a, a thousand cuts to our municipal watershed? Nathan, what do you what do you say to that? I mean, uh, those are legitimate concerns. Protecting the watershed affects everybody uh, living here. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, watershed is uh, is the number one priority for the ski areas. They have been uh, uh, incredible stewards of the mountains and the watershed for almost 80 years. Uh, we've had commercial skiing at Brighton since 1936, and and I think the water quality has improved since that time. So. Uh, based on the resort's track record, uh, you know, they are uh, adept at planning and, and I, I think we'll make sure that uh, the environment and watershed is respected. I think on that note, though, with the uh, resorts and the improved water quality, I think that has a lot more to do with uh, the disappearance of mining activities in the Wasatch Canyons than it does the existence of the ski resorts and efforts to also reforest a lot of the traditional logging that took place in the Wasatch Mountains, more so than having the ski resorts there. So I don't think that that is actually you know, a fair assessment to, to say our water quality has improved because of ski resorts. Additionally, there's a lot of people uh, that are going to be, or, or they're, they're trying to lure um, because of this interconnect uh, proposal. And we have to acknowledge that our use and our visitation in these canyons has an impact. And the number of people at some point is going to cross a cr critical tipping point. Um, and that's what we need to figure out. And that's kind of what we've been trying to work to solve through the Mountain Accord. Hmm. Uh, here's a text. Um, it, 
I don't know who it's from. It's from Cottonwood, though. Uh, Nathan's predecessor, Kip Patu, said in 2002 that it would only take three more lifts to connect all seven resorts. Is this true? Uh, does uh, Again, this is a plan, a concept that's been um, mulled over for years and years. How different is what we've talked about a decade ago um, from this new one Wasatch, Nathan? Yeah, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not totally familiar with what uh, Kip was talking about, but I think probably what he was referencing was these three connection points, and they are uh, so very close. And, um, you know, over the last uh, couple decades, we've seen the, gro the resorts kind of naturally grow closer to each other. The Great Western Lift at, at Bright moved things closer. Um, you know, it wasn't so long ago that Lady Morgan and Empire Lifts weren't at Deer Valley, and that, you know, made them quite a fair distance from Park City Mountain Resort and now they uh, are just a lift line away so um, you know things have naturally gotten closer and again it's a, it, I think it just comes down to those three connection points. Hmm. Mike, uh, this is a, a news story. The news conference was yesterday. You were there. I'm, I'm wondering if you've gotten any feedback. What's the reaction from uh, the skiing community, uh, skiers that you've talked to here but also outside of the state? Have you heard anything yet? I haven't really heard anything from people outside of the state. Most of the reaction that I've heard locally is about what you'd expect. That there's a, this is one of those types of issues where you're either on one side or you're on the other. And uh, and the people who are opposed to the ski resorts expansion tend to be a lot more vocal than than the the resort skiers, I think. And but they've been uh, unanimous and consistent in their condemnation of this as just a, an effort to to uh, accommodate a few rich skiers and, and boost the ski resort's bottom line um, at the expense of, of the locals. So How, how so. unusual was it to see those seven uh, general managers from competing resorts sitting at the table? What was that like, Mike? That was the, I had never seen anything like that before. It was really it was quite a, a noteworthy thing, I think, to get them all together because in the past they, they haven't seen eye to eye on a lot of things and uh, you just don't get that kind of camaraderie very often. So Nathan, what I mean, what's the motivation? Well, and, and to go back to Mike's point, um, it, it's harder to get them together in the same room not because they're competitors but because they're busy people and you know I bring them together. Our, our resort uh, industry here I think is unique in, in our cooperation efforts and we have uh, the resorts all meet together, PR committees, marketing committees, the GMs get together with our board of directors on on a on a, often uh, occasions, and uh, but just getting them together, all seven of those guys singing the same same tune. I will have to agree with Mike. Um, uh, it was you know part of our plan to to let people know that you know while this interconnect idea has been out there for years and years, there's always been this question of well, is Alta into it as much as Deer Valley might be? And you saw yesterday you had seven uh, general managers and different companies sitting there saying hey, this is what we think is going to be best for our ski industry. Um, Carl, uh, I think this might be directed to you. This is from Alpine Coach. Uh, surface lifts, minimal grooming, minimal infrastructure, and stringent policy could be the compromise needed for a reasonable solution to this inevitable project. I guess a couple of things in there. Is there room for a compromise in your mind? And secondly, is it inevitable? A one Wasatch concept. Um, I don't think it's inevitable. Um, Why not? Um, 
because I think we can come up with a better plan. You know, it's really about maybe it is one Wasatch, but maybe I would say not how uh, Ski Utah and the seven ski resorts are maybe thinking about it. There's overwhelming support for some sort of a transportation solution, and that's what we would like to try and see happen for these resorts is to try and move people around the Wasatch Mountains from a year-round perspective recognizing that there are about 5% of Utahns ski and 80% of Utahns recreate um, otherwise. So I think that, you know, we need to be thinking at year-round solutions, not just at catering to, you know, 5% of the population that is skiing at resorts. But I think also we started a petition online um, last night um, we have about 600 signatures. I would say two-thirds of the people, we asked a question, are you a season pass holder? And, and about two-thirds of them are season pass holders, and they're absolutely opposed to this concept. So to, to, to form the argument as skiers, resort skiers versus backcountry skiers or you know, this user conflict, it's, not, it's, not, it's bigger than that. Skiers don't want to see this that ski at the resort in the front country, skiers in the back country don't want to see this, hikers don't want to see this, photographers don't want to see this, people that just look up and drive, uh, drive at the and look at the fall colors do not want to see this type of proposal. And, and there is no end in sight to these proposals. Just yesterday at the press conference you heard Mike Gore say that while... With the canyons. Yeah, Mike Gore with the Canyon Ski Resort said uh, Ski Link is... Um, on hold, but it's not off the table. And so, when th this this three resort uh, or this resort interconnect and this one Wasatch concept is out there, but there are also a lot of other ideas out there. So, uh, those those all have impacts on our environment, on our watershed, and on our quality of life and the experiences people go to seek in the Wasatch Mountains. And Nathan, it's pretty clear from your website. This you're not floating this as a transportation solution. That's a, a problem for uh, another set of experts to, to deal with. This is strictly um, uh, common ground for these seven resorts, right? Yeah, I mean, this is this was a ski experience from the beginning, and it's a ski experience at the end of the day, and that's that's what we like to see. Uh, you know, would there be some kind of transportation efficiencies, perhaps, but we're certainly not billing it as that. That's not the, uh, that's not the goal of the concept. Um, you know, we're, uh, we feel like we're in great touch with our, our guests, and both locals and destination skiers, and we want to create the, the absolute best guest experience. Mm. What, what would it take to, to make this sort of vague concept a reality, Nathan? Uh, I, I think it would, you know, you'll see this come to fruition when each resort that's responsible for one of those individual connections uh, say they're ready to move ahead uh, with a project, and that's why it's a concept, not a project at this point. That you don't even have a timeline. Nope, no timeline at this point. Okay. Um, so, Carl, for you, next steps. Um, I think we want to do everything that we can <coughs> to to try and block this project from from going forward and continue save our canyons mission of of protecting the wildness and beauty of the the Wasatch Mountains. This is this is a huge threat um, to our quality of life. Uh, to our way of life, really, uh, here in the central Wasatch. And um, we're going to do everything we can to try and 
um, stop this interconnect proposal, but find ways to move people around the Wasatch um, where they'd like to go. Um, and I think we can do that without lifts, but with a robust transportation system. Uh, Garel, you mentioned that people either love this or hate this. What about uh, city and county officials? Um, any government input on this yet? Uh, not yet, but they'll ultimately be the ultimate deciders on it because the the process that I envision will take place is that when the resorts ultimately get ready to move, they'll have to apply for a permit to like Salt Lake County or Summit County, something like that, and that's where the the government officials will get to weigh in on it. But I know that in, in the it was mentioned several times at the press conference yesterday that the governors from for a number of administrations have, have pushed the ski industry to get something like this in place. Uh, I would like to go back to a point you were just touching on though too is that some of the things that need to take place in order to get this rolling. And I think one of the first things that needs to be resolved is the big lawsuit between Park City Mountain Resort and the canyons over over who owns the mountain side above Park City Mountain because that's one of the three main link areas that Nathan identified and until they get that resolved nothing much can take place. You're also going to have to deal with with the issue of Snowbird and Alta being, uh, not Snowbird, excuse me, Deer Valley and Alta being uh, snowboard uh, prohi prohibitions there and it's mostly a matter of importance in with Alta because I think that if you're getting all of these ski resorts to uh, accept the idea that we are one kind of for a snowboarder to try to get from the Park City area all the way over to Snowbird would require passage through Alta probably and so I think that's an issue that's going to be have to have to be dealt with and there's other little things too like if for people going over to the Deer Valley area uh, Bob Wheaton mentioned to me yesterday that they have concerns about their capacity to feed people in the Empire Pass area just because there's there's it, it fills up a, a, as it is right now with just Deer Valley customers. So, mm. you know, there's a lot of things that, that have to get worked out before anything really flows. And Nathan, I assume you would completely agree, but I mean, do you think these are hurdles that uh, there's a, a, a real possibility that the lawsuits can be settled, that the boundary issues, that the, the snowboarder versus skier cultures can be uh, somehow aligned? Yeah, you know, there's no question about it. At some point, that lawsuit's going to be settled. The important thing was that yesterday, both the resorts were sitting at the table and thought this was a good idea. So um, the devil's in the details for sure, and there are plenty of details to work out, but we have a lot of time, and uh, uh, for now, it's listen, learn, uh, take some feedback, and, and try to understand what the most thoughtful, uh, best way to make this happen would, uh, to, to do would happen. How, how are you collecting feedback? Or is there a way that people can sort of chime in and let you know what they think? Yeah, through onewasatch.com, there's a there's a, a button you can hit and uh, send feedback to our office, um, and then certainly through Ski Utah's Facebook page, and uh, um, we're getting plenty of feedback, uh, both good both good and bad. So um, exciting to see that, and you know we're uh, we're certainly not uh, in the mindset that we know everything. And uh, we're, we're always looking forward to uh, hearing from people and understanding uh, different ways to possibly move forward with this uh, concept. And Carl, again, you're also collecting feedback from the community, and people can go to your website as well. Yeah, go to saveourcanyons.org and Oregon. Everything uh, you send over to us, we'll, we'll make sure to forward it to Nathan so he can get your feedback as well, <laughs> since they're collecting feedback. All right. I think I've gotten uh, some of Carl's feedback already on this. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, we're going to leave it there, but this is an issue we will continue to cover. Mike Gorell from the Salt Lake Tribune, Carl Fisher with Sarah Canyons, and Nathan Rafferty from Ski Utah. Thanks, gentlemen, very much for the time. Thank you. Thank you. And lots more outdoor coverage on the website, sltrib.com. I'm Jennifer Napier-Pierce with the Salt Lake Tribune. Thanks for tuning in to Trib Talk. We'll see you next time.